What do you do when life sends trauma and pain where you only hoped for love and kindness, especially as a child? Have you felt broken? Have you been betrayed? Have you been traumatized? Do you ever feel like you're not enough? That was Rena Groot and life looked pretty sad, but she knew she had a choice, and this is her story. Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. With me today is Rena Groot. She has a Bachelor of Education degree. She has taught in Canada and also in China. She is an author and a coach for her online series, Broken to Beautiful. We will talk about the series and her experiences, and I welcome Rena. Thank you, Carol, for inviting me to be your guest today. I am honored. Well, I'm honored to have you here, and I have known you for some time. I call you friend, and it's always exciting to have my friends on this podcast as well because it's nice to know the backstory which I do know a little bit of yours but I want our audience to be able to get to know you and relate with you and who you are so let's start with your childhood now I know that you were abandoned you were rejected and you were living in other people's homes so start at the beginning and share that childhood story with us please well, I was basically abandoned when I was just very young. Um, and I'm not sure if this is the right way to word it. Like I lived with my grandmother for a few years, the first few years of my life. And I remember living in English Bay, playing in tide pools, like just having this really happy life. And then um, it's it's kind of shadowy. Like I don't exactly know how this happened, but I know that I went from Vancouver to Toronto, where my mother and my father were living, and I lived in a boarding house with them, and I'm not sure for how long. And what happened is my dad, I guess, was um, somebody that had a violent temper, and somebody let a door go in his face. And as far as I know, this is the whole story. He went after the man and, and was so mad at him, he beat him to death and ended up in jail for manslaughter. And so my mother, oh my word. yeah, and so my mother was alone with this little girl. My mother was like 
probably 24 years old, 25 years old. She was a young mother. It was hard for her because she had to look after me by herself. And she mm-hmm. left me. She left me with this babysitter, with this woman that owned the the boarding house. And I got this brilliant idea in my head one day. Like here, I'm. I don't know. I'm five years old. I thought, you know, my dad is gone. I don't know where he is, and I wonder if he needs socks. I have no idea why. <laughs> I have no idea why I had this idea in my head. So anyway, this was this is a pivotal story. This changed the direction of my life. So I went walking off to the store with my pennies, and I didn't tell Mrs. Diamond where I was going because I just was used to just doing my thing. I was such an independent little person. And so as I was walking to the store, there was a man sitting on the curb of the sidewalk and he just looked lonely to me. So I sat down and started talking to him and I noticed he didn't have socks on. And I thought, well, that's just wrong. Like he needs socks. So I told him I had some money. I would love to take him to the store and buy him socks. So we went off to the store together. He got his socks and um, we were walking to his house because he offered me milk and cookies. And I was so excited. Like my friend had socks. I was getting milk and cookies. Like, wow, you know, do things get any better? And all of a sudden the man turned on me and his face got really distorted. And he started just yelling at me, get away from me. You know, and I just, I was horrified. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I just went, I remember running down the street and this is downtown Toronto, this little five-year-old. Oh, wow. And so Mrs. Diamond, after a while, wondered where I was and so called my mother to come find me. My mother came and got me, took me to her job with her. And the boss said, um, you know, he had a solution from my mother. Maybe I could go stay with his daughter out in the country somewhere. And so my mother had really no other options. So she said, yeah, that was a great idea. So I went out to stay with this family and I remember my very first night just being horrified because this the place smelled like urine and cabbage. And the people oh, wow. people told me that if I did anything like that they didn't approve of, basically, I would be thrown down the well in the yard. And I mean, I was I was like traumatized right there. And then like I was like, oh my gosh, like what what am I doing here? And then finally, I have no idea how long it was, my mother came to collect me. And I was so thrilled, like, yay, my mom, I'm going home, yay, I'm going to be with my mom. But it was only short-lived because she took me to another home, and that was the start of a few years of living in other people's homes. So first home I went to, the people were really lovely when they were sober, but um, I'm not sure how often that was. And, like, they would throw plates at each other and scream and so there was two other kids there and we would all hide and they decided that it was probably really a wise thing for me like to help me overcome being such a little liar because I guess I must have been a liar um, that I would get a teaspoon of dry hot mustard and have to hold it in my mouth and I remember um, when they were really mad at me then I would go down into the the unfinished basement that just had a furnace in it and a jam cupboard and I'd have to sleep down there and I would just lie at night just awake just petrified because I thought I have no idea why I'm here like where's my mom what's going on you know and it was just it was terrifying like there was other things that happened there that were not nice and so the crazy thing is is one night um, that couple went to a New Year's party, 
and they had a flat tire. And so the woman tried to flag down a truck to trucker to help them. And she walked right in front of the truck and was killed. Oh, my word. So uh, then I was moved to the next foster home. And I call it foster home. It's not really a foster home. Like my mom put me there. And like she, I guess she was paying for me. And she'd come visit every once in a while. She'd kind of breeze in and breeze out of my life. So in the next home, the people were beautiful. They were Christians. And they were so kind to me. And I just remember just being so loved there. And and so anyways, um, what happened is the Mr. Morgan used to work in, this is still in Toronto, like Scarborough. And so he used to work in the mines in Newfoundland and the coal dust got into his lungs. And so he had emphysema and tuberculosis. And the crazy thing is, is I test positive now for tuberculosis, but I don't have it. But I just, I guess it's in me uh-huh, now. Uh-huh. And, um, Anyways, he died while I was there. Like more trauma because now these beautiful, right, right. kind, loving people are being ripped out of my life. And so then I got moved to the next home. And I remember the Zimas, I thought, were really nice people. You know, like they just seemed so friendly and kind. And they had a little girl and she seemed so sweet. And they had a monkey and dogs. And I thought, and they lived on a farm out in the country. And I thought, oh man, like this is beautiful, right? And the very first morning, I remember waking up and the mother and the daughter were on chairs seated at the end of my bed staring at me. And I thought, oh, like that's that's not quite what I was expecting. <laughs> and then um, things just went really weird there because I like one of my main stories from there is I was visiting my mother in Toronto and I guess I was in the bathtub and she walked into the bathroom and she was like, oh, what happened to you? Because I had bruises all over me. And she said, you know, like she's just wondering what what was going on. And I just, I, I was, I was, I guess I was a liar, but I was also afraid of telling the truth. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so I, cause I thought she's going to take me back there and she's going to tell them don't hurt my daughter anymore. And then she's going to leave and they're going to kill me. Like that was my thought. Of I course. still remember it. And so I said to her um, that I was climbing an apple tree and I fell and she bought it. So what really happened was I was raking this yard and I, it must've been an acre. Like it was massive. And my hands got all blistered and like I remember I couldn't even hold the rake anymore so I went to um this man and said I'm really sorry but I I can't do this anymore like my hands are hurting and he took me to the barn and he used the crop of his whip on me because I was rebellious and I guess and it's weird because I remember there one time they gave me a sandwich and an apple and I remember looking at it thinking it was so amazing. Like what a beautiful lunch. Wow. And that was the day my mother was coming to visit and they were so nice to me that day. And I thought, Oh, it's all over. All the bad is over. We're all good. And someone, my mom said, how's everything here? I said, Oh, it's great. It's fine. Like, cause I just forgave so easily. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. right? And it's like, Oh, well we're done with all that. We're good now. You know, and then as soon as they left and I looked at their faces, I thought, oh, shoot, I just got sucked in again because the faces just changed. I don't know. You, you just you can see it on people's faces. You know, you can you yes. can tell. 
And there was just this nasty look on their faces as they looked at me and they thought, I never did anything to you. Like, right. why, why are you treating me like this, you know? And I, I always knew that wherever I was, I was there for the money, that people just wanted mm. money, obviously. And so it's funny because this morning I was thinking about children in foster homes and thinking, is that what they're feeling, you know? Like, are they just yes. there because someone wants money and they don't really care about them? And, you know, but so then um, what happened after that is, my dad was in prison for manslaughter and one of his friends that got out went to say hello to my mom and ended up moving in with her. And so my mother decided, oh, we have a family now, like there's a dad, like let's let's move Rena home. And so I went home to live with them and it was, it was a nightmare. And I don't want to say too much because I have a younger sister and I don't want her to be hurt. So um, I'll just leave that at that. But anyways... This was really amazing. Um, when I was 13, just actually maybe just turned 14, because of the home situation, my mother was going to put me into a home for juvenile delinquents because she said that she just couldn't have me live there anymore because I guess my stepdad was saying that I was making moves on him, which was the most absurd thing ever because the man to me was repulsive. But... <laughs> Anyways, um, I was supposed to go into this home. She was going to sign papers to make me a ward of the government. The week that, this is, we're back in Vancouver, the week that my aunt from Alberta flew out. And so um, she had like business with Imperial Oil. And and so she and my mom went, my aunt and my mom went for lunch together. And my mother was telling her the story about her horrible, incorrigible daughter. And probably most of it was truth. My aunt, for some inexplicable reason, said, well, let, let her come live with me. And my mom said, don't even bother. Like, she'll only be there for six weeks and you'll be kicking her out. And my aunt, <laughs> thankfully, is a stubborn woman and um, insisted, kind of. And so I went to live with her and my whole life, my whole life changed. Like because of her, I ended up getting a scholarship with Imperial Oil to go to university and it was a whole different world. My goodness. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I know that people that are listening are going to relate to many parts of that. And my heart definitely goes out to that little girl. But I thank God that that's not where it ended. And we're going to, first of all, before we go into the upside of your story. I want you to share what happened when you were 21 years old. And you said that you felt hollow inside, that there was a blackness and an emptiness, and you felt overwhelmed to the point where you considered suicide. So now fast forward to when you're 21 and share that with us. So because of my childhood, I had this idea in my head basically that I was unlovable, that I was just not somebody really of value. And I don't know, I just had really negative thoughts about myself because I just felt like because I was abandoned, then I felt like that was part of me because maybe I was partly to blame or something. I don't know, like you know, kids think funny things. And so I felt because I was rejected that that was just part of who I was that I, I just expected to be rejected or whatever. And 
anyways, what happened is when I was 21, um, someone asked me to marry him. And I kind of rationalized it. And I thought, you know what? Who else is going to want me? You know, like, like I, I think this is probably my only chance to get married. And uh-huh. he's in university. He's going to be a teacher. He's not, he's okay looking. And yeah, sure, why not? You know, it wasn't really because I loved him and I really wanted to marry him or, you know. Uh-huh. So, um, what happened is, like, at the wedding, he was drunk out of his mind. And it was just, it was a nightmare right from the word go. Because I, I did go ahead with getting married to this man. And so we were living in student residence for the university. And about six months later, um, I just felt like there was this black hole inside my chest and I felt like it was growing and I felt like it was just going to keep on slowly growing and it was going to envelop me and I was going to be filled with this blackness and I had this feeling that I wasn't going to care about anyone or anything I was just going to be black and dead inside and I thought before I get to that point I don't want to get to that point I might as well just kill myself like life's 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 not worth living And so I was standing about maybe 10 feet away from a window and I was still debating, like, what am I going to do here? And this, this might sound really bizarre to you, but um, I felt like there was a pull from the blackness to the window. Like I felt like right from that blackness, I was being kind of yanked towards the window and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm just still thinking like, you know, it's my choice, you know? And, um, I really felt, this is going to sound crazy too, but I really felt like if I got close to the window that I was going to be pushed, that it was going to be a demonic murder, and so, which makes me really wonder about a lot of suicides now. And so anyways, while I was looking at this window, it was a blue sky, like nice day. All of a sudden, when I looked again, it was like all clouds were in front of the window. And I'm, I'm demonstrating this with my hands for you right now. I'm showing you the clouds. <laughs> I can see them. Yeah. And, okay, this is really, really weird to say. I mean, if if I didn't experience it, I'd be thinking, what? That's that's a little crazy. But I could see through the clouds, and I could see a throne. And I could see someone seated on the throne, but I couldn't see their face. But I knew it was Jesus, and I knew he was crying because of me, because of my life. Uh. And I heard him speaking to me, but it was in my heart. It wasn't like I could hear it out loud. Uh He said, Nina, this is not my plan for your life. And if you turn your life over to me, I will bring more beauty out of your life than you could possibly imagine at this moment. And then another crazy thing is I saw, like, I'm showing you this with my hand too, this video. (laughs) just like kind of like this high speed video just kind of flashed before my eyes and it took like a nanosecond and I saw my whole life Uh and I saw so fast that I didn't see details but I just in my spirit I guess in my heart I just had this overwhelming impression of wow that's my life that's (laughs) that's what you want to do with me my goodness wow I'm I'm not throwing this out the window are you kidding me I I want to see this played out and so that was my search for God after that what a phenomenal story I mean you have covered all the bases from the fear and the lies and the rejection and the abuse and you know how it affected so many areas of your life Mm 
and then to come to this place of your ending it considering ending it and how in just a moment a, a microsecond that all changed so what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break and when I come back we're going to continue hearing your story and then we're going to talk about what's happening now with Rena, the books that you have written and especially your online course to help others who have been broken in their lives. We'll be right back. Carol Graham would like to show you the path from misery to miraculous triumph in her fast-paced memoir, Battered Hope. She relates her determination to succeed as someone who experienced one horrendous nightmare after another, gang raped and left for dead, loss of a child, husband falsely imprisoned, and cancer. Nothing could break her tenacity or faith. No matter what you face, heartache, loss, suffering, or injustice, Carol will illustrate how she became a victor the same way you can. The secret is to never, ever give up hope. Order your copy at Amazon or batteredhope.blogspot.com. I have been listening with my audience to an amazing story that Rena Groot is sharing with us of her life. And I am convinced that there are many people who are listening to this story who have tears running down their face because they are relating to the abuse, to the childhood trauma, to the fear that so many children live in, and not having any hope. But now the story changes and Rena found herself at a place where she didn't even know if she wanted to go on. She had considered suicide and then she shared what happened that showed her that God loved her and it completely changed her life. So, Rena, I'd like you to share as much as you want now to bring us up to what's happening in your life now. If you want to share any more of your story, that's fine. And then we're going to talk about your book, which I love the title, A Life Set Free. So take it away, Rena. I guess I want to briefly mention that I did marry again and... Um, Sadly, it ended in divorce because of choices that my ex-husband made that I couldn't live with. And I do understand betrayal in a deeper way. I just feel like God has just given me another chance again at life. Just the past few years, I feel like I found myself again and I started writing. And so... When I was in China, I was teaching in a high school there. And one Saturday, I had nothing to do. And I was sitting under my mosquito net, wondering what to do with myself. And all of a sudden, it's just like I just had this really strong impression that I needed to write about my life. And so I just started writing. And I wrote from mm. morning to night, just sitting under this net, all these little piles of scrap papers and stuff. And then I carried them with me for a couple of years not really knowing what to do with them. And so when I was I was visiting in Israel, I was 
helping in a in a guest house. I was a volunteer, and I put all the little scrap notes together on my um, iPad, just putting a book together. And it was it's my book called A Life Set Free. Believe me, audience, when I say this, I have interviewed over the course of eleven years now many many authors. And I have read Rena's book. I have read many of her writings, and she is an amazing author. You do not want to miss what she shares in all of her books, but especially A Life Set Free. And the way she illustrates them, my word, this is a real treat. So you want to be sure and go to Amazon or her website and get your copy of A Life Set Free. Take a look at her other books as well. And what we're going to talk about now is Broken to Beautiful, Transformed by God's Power, an online course. This too is amazing. I have shared on uh, her course with many people and it has changed lives well it's funny because I felt God wanted me to put together this um, course called broken to beautiful to help people that have been traumatized that are just feeling like they're not enough they feel like they need encouragement they need someone to just help them uh, step out of the darkness step out of anything that's trying to hold them back from everything that God's called them to be. But the crazy thing is, is I am, I feel like I'm really technologically challenged. I just sat in front of the computer and I just cried. I am not smart enough. I don't have the technology. I don't have the skill. Can you kindly choose someone else? And I just felt like he just kept saying, you can do this one step at a time. And it, and I really felt like it was going to help a lot of people and I thought okay for that it's worth it I'll keep trying one of the ladies that was in my introductory course like I offered the course for free for people to just try it and tell, give me their feedback and this lady was in my course Leanne what happened is just a few weeks after the course ended she messaged me and she said Rena my daughter my 26 year old daughter has just been killed in a backcountry ski accident oh my word and I just want to thank you so much for your course because God used it to prepare my heart for what I have to deal with right now. My immediate thought was, Lord, if this, if this was all for Leanne, it was worth it. And, and it, this was like months of putting this together and working like sometimes 10-hour days on this course. Somebody else would probably take minutes. What happened is a couple months after that, she messaged me and she said that, she was wanting to put a course together, a course, why did I say course, a book together about her daughter's life. And did I know anyone that could help her? And I was sort of like, oh, pick me. And so I offered and she said, yes, she actually wanted me to help her, but she didn't want to just come right out and ask me. She just thought she'd go around the bush and say, so do you know anybody? And so anyways, I, I live in BC. I drove out to Alberta and we spent about a week together just pulled up in this little B&B and we wrote from morning till night and she had a journal and I went through her journal and I just asked her questions and I just wrote things out from her journal and I mean we cried and we laughed and it was it was such a God moment then I, then again my thought was okay Lord if this was all for Leanne's book and for Le like to comfort Leanne it was worth it right 
And so I'm, I was perfectly willing just to let the course go. And I felt like God saying, no, like, no, it's, it's not just for Leanne. And so I thought, okay, like in obedience to, you know, I will, I will keep, keep it up and keep it online. And, but there was one time when I was feeling just so broken about my life and about, you know, like putting, putting the things together that I wrote, I had, <clears throat> excuse me, I had to kind of relive some of the things uh -huh. as I them. Yes. and I would just sit and cry. And one time this was so cool. I just felt God's arms around me and he was just holding me just like a dad would hold his daughter. And I didn't have a dad. It was the most amazing thing, just feeling like he's there and he loves me and he's my dad and he cares for me and, and I can do this. He'll help me. So it was awesome. We hear it in your voice. We hear your passion and your passion basically to help others. So yes, continue doing the course. And I strongly recommend that people go to your website sign up for your course especially those who are have been broken so I want you to now address Rena who that is who are those who would be helped by this course absolutely anyone who feels like life has beaten them down in some way like maybe they were abused maybe they were rejected maybe they're alone maybe they're disappointed Maybe they're feeling that, you know, they're just not enough, that they just don't believe that they have any value or worth. Like this course actually blows the doors off all of those lies. So this is not just your regular run-of-the-mill course. Like it has amazing, amazing guest speakers. Like there's modules. There's six modules. And one of them talks about strongholds and how – strongholds can get a hold of it, our lives and they can limit us and make us kind of trapped in, in this castle of doubt and fear and the rest of it. And so basically this one, one section of the, of the course alone deals with that and just bombs it, like puts a, a nuke on it. And then there's amazing, amazing guest speakers. Like one woman talks about encouragement for the journey Another woman talks about how to be strong and courageous, a woman who's gone through massive betrayal by her husband. We talk about boundaries. We talk about how you are more than your past. And this whole thing is all about spirit, soul, and body, how to be healthy in all of those areas. In every one of these modules, like these six modules, we talk about vibrant health and how to be healthy in your body, in your spirit, in your soul. Another thing we talk about is how you are more than your past like your past doesn't have uh. to do and it doesn't have to hold you back and I talk about how you're created for God and there's a lady named Jeannie Marie that has um, an amazing course called Neighbors and Nations and it's about how to talk to people from other cultures and nations and about God and so I took her course and she had this bonus in there about a healing prayer and it's like an hour long session. And she gifted me that whole session. <laughs> and she has a chapter in a book that she wrote. And she gave me that chapter from my book. I try to make it really interesting too. Like I, I've got kind of stories in it and lots of pictures. Mm -hmm. 
like one of my stories, it's called Once Upon a Time and how we ended up where we are because of uh-huh. that people have made in the past and how important that is. I've just got such incredible guest speakers like Michelle Portier talks about brokenness to wholeness. Kim Christopher Bouchon talks about how God is greater than any anything that can hold us back in our lives. And then I've got this really amazing woman that talks about how we can trust God for even the smallest things in our lives. Her name is Carol Graham. You may have heard of her. And she is wonderful. And so she's one of my guest speakers. And so there's a video by my guest speakers. Each one shares something special that God has put on their heart. I've got a something called You Were Made for Such a Time as This. And mm-hmm. it goes the story of Esther and how she basically went from a little orphan, almost nothing girl, to the queen of Persia, and how God wants to take you maybe from a place where you think you're nothing, and he wants to bring more beauty out of your life than you could possibly imagine. That is an amazing synopsis. Thank you so much for sharing that, and thank you for the shout-out as well. Well, Rena, our time is up, and I think we could talk another hour easily. And I thank you so much for being on Never Ever Give Up Hope. I encourage all the listeners to go to her website. Everything will be in the show notes. You can sign up for the course, get her books, look at her other books, and connect with her. And I'm sure that you felt the warmth that she has and the passion to help others. And this is somebody you do want to connect with. And I thank her for calling me friend. So is there anything in conclusion that you would like to say? I just really hope that this message will speak to people's hearts. And I just thank you so much for making this this program possible because your your program is helping so many people, Carol, and it's just a blessing. Thank you, Rena, and thank you again for being on Never, Never, Ever Give Up Hope. Thank you for listening to Never, Ever Give Up Hope, featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.